Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. The nonsense of the Johnny Depp trial is mostly behind us now, and we can get to what is important in life, and that is whiskey and wrestling. Jason, how was your week? It was it was good. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't watch any of the Johnny Depp trial. Eh, it's been on around me a lot. Um, I, I've kind of kind of seen bits and pieces of it, but nothing. It's, like, it's all over Facebook, all over everywhere. I've, I've so. mostly just ignored it. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, week's been good. We do have a special guest tonight with us. We do. Uh, we have Jody Kite from uh, the Travelers of the Omnibus. Hello. Uh, he thought he volunteered to come on the show and, and join us as our critique of wrestling. But really, what this is, is we're going to just ride him we've about. Got an, we've got an hour to just tell Jody how wrong he was <laughs> about Zelda. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then obviously you aren't listening to our plugs at the end. Go listen to one of the latest episodes of Travels on the Omnibus Absolutely. where they mm-hmm. talk about their top five game franchises, basically. Um, yep. So go listen to that and you'll know what we're talking about. Uh, however. But seriously, Jody, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Jody's an old wrestling uh, fan. Uh, I think he's been on it once before or twice before. Once or twice, yeah. I know okay. he's been part of a roundtable or two mm-hmm. with us, so... You know, maybe maybe an person. unreleased roundtable here or there, so somewhere yeah. could be. Yeah. Um, however, since uh, since Michael went so above and beyond last week <laughs> with his whiskey choice of Canadian Hunter, yes, and he spent a a, a staggering amount in this economy. I mean, of eleven dollars. I'm still paying it off. <laughs> I decided this week that I couldn't be shown up, so. I also spent a staggering amount of money on a whiskey, um, but more like $100. So I bought a old soul, a bottle of Old Soul bourbon. It's available anywhere you can buy whiskey for the most part. But this is the 10 type series, which was a limited edition run that they did in November of 2021. Uh, they aged it for seven years, but it is straight cask strength. So this isn't a, you know, they watered. Normally when you take whiskey out of the distill, you know, when they, they pull it from the distill, or from the still rather, they they proof it and they mix it with water, uh, bring it down to that, you know, 90 proof, 75 80 proof. proof, 80 proof that you normally get a whiskey at. Uh, this is 119.2 proof. Uh, this is straight from the still into the barrel and aged for seven years. That's like the Everclear whiskeys. Kind of, yeah. I mean, they, uh, <laughs> it's not mixed with anything else. It is straight from a single barrel. 59.6% alcohol by volume. Yes. Woot. And uh, one of the cool things about uh, about Old Soul is it's one of the brands from Cathead Distilleries, which we're in Mississippi. Uh, Cathead was the first legal distillery in Mississippi. Uh, they're up in the Jackson area. They do Cathead Vodka, uh, Old Soul Bourbon, Cathead Sparkling, uh, Bristow Gin, and Hoodoo Chicory Liquor uh, are just some of the things they've done. Uh, this was done as a, uh, like a uh, like I said, a special run 
but part of the proceeds of this is going to a musician's relief fund. So that's part of the reason it's a little more expensive. The other part is it is it's a seven year old whiskey, and then the last part is it is a cask strength. So you are getting pure alcohol here. You got to think most whiskeys being in the seventy proof range. This is 120 proof, so we're talking, what, 60% stronger, roughly? So, we're talking this episode could get really good. It might. It, it, it might. So, uh, we will cheers. Yeah, cheers. And we're going to see what Michael thinks about it, because I've had some. Ooh, it is very smooth. Mm-hmm. And then you get that fire on the back end of it, so you get a nice nice burn. It's got great flavor. So normally when you start talking high-proof whiskeys or high-proof spirits of any kind, it's just, hey, this tastes like your mouth is on fire. <laughs> and there's no other anything to it other than, hey, you should probably go drink you know, a gallon of water to put out this, this flame. Long time listeners, charcoal, you know? long, long time <laughs> listeners might remember when we tried the um, what was that bottle that I brought in the the moonshine, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the uh, that was one hundred nineteen, the blue flame, yeah, blue flame moonshine, uh, yeah, and I can't remember who, what brand that well, was. Was that but, Old Smoky? Yes, yeah, and, and there's you know, no flavor to it. There's no flavor. That was just straight gas, right? Yeah, this still has that bourbon, mm-hmm. vanilla, caramel. Um, it's very good. You get that sweet flavor, and then it's like, oh, yeah, that, that's right. This is a very high proof. Uh, <laughs> Tricked you. So You've been bamboozled. I, I'm, you know, th- this is most assuredly one of those you put in a glass, you put a like ice cube in it, and you sip it. Mm. Y- you don't mix this with Coke. You don't mix this with anything like that. Uh, if you were in the position where you can, and you like whiskey... I would say this is a purchase. Yeah. Um, no, I could definitely see this. But it's not it's not the most expensive whiskey that was at the liquor store the other day when I was there. I didn't get this one from Big Dog because they don't really carry the super high price stuff. This is also a, a select. Trader. I know, I know. I, I tried, but he couldn't get it ordered because, it, again, it was yeah. a, a select set, right? Yeah. Um. But, I mean, they had a bottle there that was like 200 some dollars, 500 some dollars. Well, so, I mean, we, I mean, we still need to get... an old Pappy that goes, Pappy's like three grand now. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. It's, and you don't have to spend that kind of money to get quality, as, as nah. we're talking here. To get quality whiskey, you don't have to spend that kind of money. You can get quality whiskey for 25 to 50 yeah, bucks. There. You look at... The, the redemptions, you look at Bullet, you Bullet, look yeah. at uh, uh, Larceny is, yeah, is there. They're all so, in the 20 to $50 range. Um, you, you can get good whiskey there. Yeah. Sometimes you get what you pay for, sometimes you don't. This is one you get what you pay for, I think. Um, I'm sure there are yeah. plenty out there, though. I know we've talked about with scotches, especially like uh, uh, Johnny uh, Blue, stuff yeah. like that. There's not a huge difference to me between Johnny Blue and Johnny Black. See, I've never had Johnny hundred and something dollars. Yeah, I've never had Johnny Blue. I'd like to give it a try, but I also don't want to spend two hundred and fifty dollars yep. for a bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. And scotch comes with a premium on it already. Oh yeah, unless you're buying like Johnny Red. 
Yep. Arc you Buddy Sark. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that's this uh, this old soul is excellent. I highly recommend if you if you can go out and pick you some up, keep it on your shelf, and break it out on a nice special occasion. Heck yeah, because it is delicious. So, uh, how about we get into the uh, the week of wrestling, and then we can talk about why we hate it. That is what we do, isn't it? It does seem like that is our, our that is our game plan most days. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jody. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to be on the same level. <laughs> All right, so uh, running through Monday Night Raw, we had Riddle and the Street Profits defeating the Usos and Sami Zayn. Uh, the Usos walked out and left Sami in the ring, and Randy Orton was not involved because he has a back injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put quotations on back injury. Kayfabe back injury, maybe? <laughs> We have Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest defeating AJ Styles and Liv Morgan. We have Veer Mahan appearing on a Jerry Lawler's King's Court, which is fun to say when you say it's this person's this person's thing. Uh, uh, which saw the return of the Mysterios to save Jerry. We have uh, Cody Rhodes defeating the Miz via disqualification after Seth Rollins interfered. We have Ezekiel defeating Chad Gable via pinfall. And we have... Elias. Yes, yes, Elias. And then we have MVP defeating Bobby Lashley via countout. And finally, we had a rematch from the prior week before. Becky Lynch and Asuka. And Becky Lynch defeats Asuka by pinfall. She is now in the match for the title at Hell in a Cell. Because... WWE has to overbook things. Mm-hmm. Shall we move to Wednesday? Yeah, so Wednesday night, of course, we've got Dynamite, uh, the the go-home Dynamite for Double or Nothing, which will re- be recorded Sunday night, of course. We're doing this Saturday night here, so, you know, um, this will probably come out after that. Anyway, we had the, the Steel Cage match, Wardlow versus Sean Spears with MJF as the guest referee, where Wardlow had to beat Sean Spears to get his match at Double or Nothing. Which happens after Wardlow lays out MJF, lays out Spears, and then Bryce Rimsburg comes running down to make the count. Um, CM Punk and Hangman go face-to-face in the ring. Uh, pretty much cuts Hangman as the heel here, uh, and Punk is the face. Mm-hmm. It's a weird dynamic that keeps kind of switching, it feels like. It's very odd. They're not booking the face-to-versus-face thing very well at all. I don't think they're trying to. I think Hangman is gone heel, and CM Punk is a face. Could be. Uh, we then had Private Party versus Moxley and Kingston, where Moxley and Kingston win. Uh, Regal and Jericho were both on commentary. Uh, FTR versus Rapongi Vice for the ROH Tag Team Championships, which didn't really get an end because... Uh, Jeff Cobb and Great O'Con got involved. We had a three-way match of Ricky Starks, Swerve Strickland, and Jungle Boy, which is uh, the kind of the preview of what's going to be on Double or Nothing, which is Jurassic Express versus uh, Swerve and Keith Lee and Ricky Starks and Hobbs, um, where Swerve gets to win. We had the semifinal, uh, semifinal match for the Women's Owen Hart Tournament of Britt Baker versus Tony Storm. Britt Baker won after Jamie Hayter uh, helped her hold the ropes. So 
hooray. Then the men's semifinal that was on the show was Kelly O'Reilly versus Samoa Joe, where Samoa Joe wins. So we now know that it's going to be Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole for that. Sir, sir, Adam Cole, baby, please, please get his name right. Sure. <laughs> so two um, former Ring of Honor guys are yeah. in the finals for that. Um, sure, yeah. Yeah. Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's Honor. That, yeah. that's yeah. where. Yeah, uh-huh. that's where people know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. I, I like I like the way Jody's thinking here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we then had Rampage on Friday, which was a, it was bumped up again to uh, five thirty because of uh, finals. Hey, let's put our show on before half of the country. I'm sorry, before two thirds of the country <laughs> home is home from work. That makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Kicked off with Brian Danielson versus Matt Seidel. Danielson wins. Uh, we had the Young Bucks versus Taylor Rust, where the Young Bucks uh, cut a promo earlier where they looked like, where they dressed up like the Hardys, and they actually came out to the ring with Gangrel. Nice. Afterwards, uh, well, of course, the Bucks win. They turn on Gangrel. Uh, the Hardys come down and make the save. Had Max Caster versus Dante Martin, where Dante Martin got a win. Uh, I, was, I was shocked. He, he won something. Uh, then we had the the main event was the women's Owen Hart tournament match of Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander. Uh, of course, Chris Stat wasn't even in the tournament. She was replacing uh, Sheeta. Uh, Ruby wins. So we're going to see Ruby versus Britt uh, on Double or Nothing. There we go. Moving on to Friday Night SmackDown. We start the show off with the Usos celebrating in the ring. They've now been here for 12 years. So they have a celebration. They're interrupted by Shinsuke Nakamura, who says he has a partner and they're going to beat them up. And they talk about Rick Boogs and how he's still at home injured. And, of course, his partner ends up being Matt Riddle. They run down to the ring. There's a brawl, and then the Usos get away. Uh, We then have... A backstage segment. Well, we're sign- we're setting up for a match between Raquel Rodriguez and um, Ronda Rousey. We then cut to a backstage segment where Shotzi's trying to rally the locker room around her to go out and attack and take the opportunity because Raquel Rodriguez doesn't deserve this opportunity. She kind of has a point. I, I'm <laughs> not arguing that. So after everybody else leaves, Aaliyah locks Shotzi into the locker room, which has which has drug on through today, where Shotzi is tweeting, uh, "Hey, is anybody still out there? Uh, <laughs> help, help! Hey, Vince, can someone come let me out of the locker room? Who turned off the lights? <laughs> that kind of stuff." So she's having fun with it. That's good. Mm-hmm. We then have uh, Rock, uh, we have Rondi, uh, Rondi, Rondi. Rondi. We have Ronda Rousey versus Raquel Rodriguez ending in no contest when Natalia and Shayna Baszler attack them. That leads us into an impromptu tag match where Rousey and Rodriguez defeated Natalia and Baszler. Sure. <laughs> we get a... We, gotta, we have to make tag teams. Yeah. <laughs> We get a uh, informational thing saying that Madcap Moss is going to be back next week. So, you know, he's only been gone for like two weeks now. He healed quickly from the, you know, man jumping and landing on his throat mm-hmm. with a chair. Um, 
I really want him to come back with one of those little talk box things. You know, I'm Madcap Moss. <laughs> well, you know that would or, be- or just wear a neck brace for like six months. He did say yeah, in his yeah. he did say in his tweet that he is coming back. No cap, no jokes. He's coming back to whoop your ass. Okay, directed towards um, our favorite Applebee's manager <laughs> and Baron Corbin. <laughs> Happy Corbin, whatever he is, now. whatever he is now, uh, <laughs> the brother of Baron Corbin. Happy Corbin. Thank we you. then have uh, Los Lotharios versus Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Now, I've got to walk through this real quick because I want to talk about this later. But Shanky, Jinder Mahal and Shanky's music hits. They don't come out. We go to a backstage. Jinder is walking down the hallway yelling, Shanky, Shanky, has anybody seen Shanky? And then you hear Jinder Mahal's music pick up again, and Shanky is in a room dancing. They go out, have the match, and... Los Lotharios wins after Jinder gets distracted by Shanky going over, knocking uh, Angel Garza on the head, and then dancing, which somehow distracts Jinder and gives uh, Umberto a chance to roll him up. Somebody call your mom. I'm calling it now. <laughs> Shanky is the next wrestler to end up with the somebody call your mama music. That's why. That's the real reason that Naomi and Sasha walked out. Oh, yeah. Yes. They were going to be. They got to the ring, and Vince was like, <laughs> I have new outfits for you. Here are the new Funkadactyls. And Naomi was like, I ain't doing this shit again. And she left. <laughs> and Sasha's <laughs> like, I'm better Sasha than this. <laughs> All right. Um. We do get Gunter and Ludwig Kaiser defeating Ricochet and Drew Gulak via pinfall. We also have a um, segment with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn where Kevin Owens tries to get Sami to come to back to Raw with him because they're, you know, best for long-time friends, right? And, and Sami says, clearly, that's Elias and... Kevin just walks up and grabs him in a bear hug. It was really well done. Really awesome little segment there. They end up not agreeing and fighting because Sammy's convinced that he's part of the bloodline. He's not. And so, you know, they, they go their separate ways and Kevin Owens lays out the ring crew. That's taking down the Kevin Owens set. Um, and our final match of the night was, Fight night, Seamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch losing to the New Day. But and that, but that's only that's only that's a three that's, versus two match. That, yeah, that's a three versus two match. But they did still still hurt. They did have a partner, and that partner was Drew McIntyre. Of course, you know the, the Drew Day, if you will. Uh, <laughs> he's the big D. They probably shouldn't say that one on TV. (laughs) No, probably not. Uh, But yeah, so there you go. You have SmackDown. You know what I want to talk about first? What do you want to talk about first? It's completely unnecessary this day and age. Okay. Uh, It was cool to see when I was young and dumb. Stupid special guest referees. No, no. Uh, Heels... Mm. Heels always being smarter than faces. Yes, there there is that. Um, um, but the, the com- commentary that that isn't really talking about what's going on in the ring, but what's piped into their earpieces. I mean, do you have to call WWE out like that? 
They're not the only no. ones doing that. Now, I want to talk about unprotected chair shots to the head. Well, they stop doing that. Be- that that's, because that's the thing that doesn't happen. Well, you know, CTE, all that kind of stuff, you know. It's, no more blood on, te- no blood on television, yeah, too. that doesn't happen yeah. wrestling, Michael. What are you watching? We Elias? saw that. <laughs> we saw that this week in the Wardlow match, where Wardlow yes, we did. slams a chair onto MJF's head. And frankly, it took me out of the match. I don't want to see that. We know what CTE does to people. We have seen it. We have the evidence now. This is not 2000 when we, quote unquote, didn't know. Everyone in the room when we were watching that uh, physically winced when it happened. Yeah, because it was, MJF got his arm up, mostly. But it was one of those, like, we, we've said this before about AEW, too. There's been Cody took a couple of unprotected uh, or, or protected, I guess I should say, head uh, headshots. Um, you're right. It's it's not necessary in wrestling today. Mm-mm. Even protected, even getting your hand up, you know, to make it look right, their arm is still touching their head, and the chair mm-hmm. is hitting their arm. So, yeah. yes, it blunts the the force that's coming in, but it doesn't stop the force that's coming in. It. And it did. It, it, the whole room, because we were all watching it, the three mm-hmm. of us, uh, the rest of the travelers, mm-hmm. and we were all sitting there watching it. And just when that hit, all of us went, ooh. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it is important to say here that everybody in the room, with the exception of maybe one person, I don't even know if he was in there yet, are mid-30s into their 40s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've all been around, and we – Watched or have gone back and rewatched the glory days of ECW. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and we have seen people fall off of scaffolding. <laughs> we we've seen we've seen it all. We we really have. We've we've seen it all. We don't need to go back to unprotected chair shots to the head. It's unnecessary. You can tell this story just as effectively in another way. It also seemed unnecessary just in that one segment. Like, there was really no reason for that, to be honest with you. And it was completely telegraphed. Oh, yeah. The whole match was telegraphed. Because it was was Spears that hit MJF with the chair, wasn't it? Yes. Because Spears was holding Wardlow back. And then he moved. I'm sorry. MJF MJF was was holding Wardlow. Yeah, and then Wardlow moved. Wardlow moved, and and MJF got smoked. Um, Like, I, I... I get what they were going for mm-hmm. with, you know, with the fact that Spears is the chairman because in that that one of those very early, early, early first matches between him and Cody where he busted Cody open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, I get it. I, I see what they were after. I don't think it was necessary. You could have done any number of things there. Uh, you know, I you mean, could have had... Still, if you still want to use the chair, you have them do the gut shot with the chair where yeah. they... And he just gets out of the way and right. the gut shots. MJF gets hit with the gut shot and then Spears kind of backs up like, oh my God, what I do? And while right. he's doing that, well, then Wardlow... The, the old gut shot. The, the old gut shot didn't tend to the back. MJF you know. is down. Wardlow comes, comes off of the ropes with a, a clothesline well, which takes out Spears. And then he turns around, he picks up and he power bombs mm-hmm. MJF yeah. a few times. There you go. I mean that that does it. That gives MJF the power bomb symphony, right? Right. And then you do the pin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't need the chair shot to the head. No. And it was it was turning out. I, I don't want to say it was a good match. 
It was turning out to be a match. I'd say it was at least entertaining. It was entertaining. Um, I was sports entertained. I'm kind of over the whole the face has to climb insurmountable odds Mm -hmm. to win um, in anything they do. Remember, this is MJF. MJF is wrestling in the 80s. Yeah, but the thing is, and, and you know, we've we've discussed it multiple times on AEW seems to be more laser focused than even WWE when they get that. Because we used to make fun of Vince, you know, Vince was like, oh my God, that got a pop. We have to do it next week. Mm-hmm. And we have to do it next week. Mm-hmm. We have to do it next week. We do it till it doesn't get a pop so anymore. We didn't get a pop anymore. AEW has stopped hearing the pops mm-hmm. and are just like, well, we're going to keep doing it anyway, you marks and then yeah, I did know. you really yes i did really yes i did you're gonna have to cut that out we're at uh 25 minutes i yeah uh so i'm so disappointed in you you should be um also uh like a side note uh for me personally like they've done this like slow burn build up for mjf for his last two runs and uh what's happening after this wardlow arc like what does he can can you do another like four month slow burn build up for another match with somebody else? Is well, you're what happens? Yeah, right, right. Because if Wardlow wins, he's out of his contract with MJF. Mm-hmm. So now we have two things: one, what do we do with Wardlow? Because we're surely not sending him up to the to the main car to the the main event. Yet, right? Not yet, but they're pushing for it, it seems. So where does well, Wardlow if, go? If Hangman goes heel, then yeah, we could move Wardlow to the top of the card. He is practically, as far as I'm aware, he's basically undefeated in singles competition. See, that's the thing, though. I don't I don't think Hangman wins Sunday. I, I, I agree. Punk wins. So do we move Wardlow maybe into a thing with Punk where... Punk, he calls out Punk and says, you know, I helped you beat MJF in your matches. Uh, I got next or something. Or if MJF wins, mm-hmm. Wardlow's back as his lackey. Yeah. And MJF sends Wardlow after Punk and says, bring me that belt. But I don't, and that's the thing, though. I don't think they're going to do... That story, I don't think they. I don't. Can I don't do think Tony's story. capable of writing that. Story, I think also what I think personally is like whenever the match is, is over that they're building up for for Wardlow versus MJF, that's not going to be the end of that uh, that run for that for that feud. It's not going to end there. They're going to have to. They're going to have to keep it going for a little bit more. I think, and after that, they're probably going to have him do a run with someone else, and then maybe he'll go. He'll go for the for the belt yeah, at that point. I could see them, you know, Wardlow wins, he gets his freedom, hurrah, and then MJF becomes that that petulant brat. Like, just bitter about the whole thing, and now he's, like, stalking him or whatever. Yeah, kind of what Punk was doing to MJF. You know, Wardlow has a match, MJF comes down and gets Wardlow disqualified. Mm -hmm. I'm getting my win back, you know, that kind of stuff. And then just makes Wardlow's life hell. Well... Could do that. You could have Wardlow, or I'm sorry, MJF just mm-hmm. refused to release Wardlow. 
And what are you going to do about it? I'm rich. You know, it's right. Like, you know. The problem I have with AEW as a whole, when you're just looking at it like top down, is like they have two issues, two major issues as far as angles go with like uh, their their feuds. One, either people are thrown together in one and it's over in like a week or two, or two, they go on way too long. Yes. And, and that's a problem. Um, you know, we, we always look at with like rose colored glasses when we're thinking of Attitude Era. And um, I was watching a video recently, uh, and I think it's like either 98 or 99, one of those years right before we got to the post-Attitude Era, the tag titles changed 27 times in one year. Yeah. But we don't think of that kind of thing, because at that point, the storylines were so good, we didn't care. Yeah, and the thing is, we also weren't really thinking about the tag titles at that point Right, either. right. When you've got The Rock, when you've got Stone Cold, when you've got Peak Triple H, you know, you have all of these... Every name in the Attitude Era that was a name mm-hmm. could be replaced by any other name in the Attitude Era. And a lot of those guys you just named were also tag team champions during that yeah. very same year. Sure, exactly. You had like you know you had the Rock and Saw connection. You had yeah. Kane and the Undertaker. Yep. You have uh, the uh, was it Two Man Power Trip with uh, yeah. Stone Cold and Triple H. Yeah, Stone Cold I think Triple that was H. Earlier, but but still, I mean, right. You know. WWE's never known what to do with their tag titles. That's very true. Um, but I think, but but to the point, you know, in that era, your your top people were interchangeable with each other. Mm-hmm. Now you either end up with this weird, like Roman is the only top guy, right? Even though WWE says we don't want top guys, we want you know, no one's bigger than the brand, yada yada yada. Roman is currently bigger than the brand. Roman is their top guy. Mm-hmm. If Roman got hurt or, God forbid, his cancer comes back or anything like that, their entire uh, uh, half of SmackDown at that point, their story falls apart. Well, that's yeah. kind of what happened like during like when Cena started winding down. That's why they pushed yeah. Roman so hard and people were like rejecting it cuz they were forcing it so hard because they didn't have anybody else. Well, and part of the thing with Roman though was they were trying to push Roman over a Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. who was rising into yeah. become the man that we see him today. Uh, really quick, it just just came across my screen. MJF didn't make a scheduled uh, meet and greet today. Interesting. Uh, I wonder if he's working. So, well, here is uh, Mike Johnson of PWIinsider.com has the word making the rounds at the event is that he legitimately did not attend and the promotion was not able to get in contact with him. Hmm. Uh, they tried to make it right with fans by uh, offering exchanges to other talents, amongst other things, I'm sure. Johnson added that MJF hasn't been on the same wave- wavelength of late with AEW and has not been receptive to sitting down and talking up to this point. See, I know I've seen a couple of, you know, the Watt cultures and the, mm-hmm. you know, who's uh, uh, one of the other big ones? Cultaholic uh, uh, and uh, Wrestle, is, Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Talk. <laughs> yeah. All of those. Cult- Cultaholic, which, which is what culture, except um, not. Because they all left what culture minus the cult people that were originally in that. Like, yeah, all of those have released a video in the past week about MJF and and AEW having backstage heat, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's it's been basically the same story. Is it a work? 
I mean, it's MJF we're talking about who's always in kayfabe, it seems like. And Tony Khan in an interview was like, yeah, this is great. It mixes yeah. reality and non-reality. And MJF is like, his reply to that on a tweet was like, ha ha, no. Yeah. So I have a feeling, and this is just me kind of looking at it. You know, I don't, I don't know anybody, obviously. Right. You know, it feels like MJF and Cody were best friends. Or mm-hmm. if not best friends, like super They were very close, friends. yeah. It feels like MJF saw what Cody did. Now, MJF still got a couple years on his contract. Yeah, 2023. Yeah, his contract expires. uh, They think he has at least 18 months left. So, it feels like MJF saw what happened with Cody. Cody got a truckload of money dropped on him to come back. Mm -hmm. And MJF's like, I can just go over to WWE. Well, but the problem is, and this is where MJF isn't, I don't know if he's not thinking about it or if it's just a, I'm not sure. And this is just Jason speculation bus, Mm -hmm. right? MJF moving to WWE. Who is MJF in the first place? He is a nobody. Well, and and here's MJF is not going to get. He ain't Cody getting Cody money. money. No, he's that not getting Cody money. Cody, Cody that, got Cody money because he's Cody, Cody. was <laughs> a founder of AEW, and mm-hmm. Vince McMahon was able to put enough zeros on a check mm-hmm. to get the win. And he'd worked for the company previously for like eight years or something like that. He, he, hey, Cody, you can come back and win the belt. Your dad never won. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's, here's the thing. WWE wants MJF. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and you can call MJF one of the the founders, the pillars, the pillars yeah. of uh, AEW. But MJF one does not get to be MJF in WWE. No, no not at all. He's not. He's going to come in, and they're going to name him something else. Um, he'll be, Alex Bornstein or something. He'll be MJF in the WWE sanitized version. Mm-hmm. Right, he won't be MJF. You're right. He'll be like he'll be like Alex Winchester the Fifth or yeah. something like that. He'll be given Triple H's Hunter Hearst Helmsley gimmick, right? And he'll come in. He'll go to NXT because they sure as hell aren't putting him on the main roster no. to start with. And he, he he's not good enough for the main roster. He's not good enough I'm for sorry. the WWE main roster. Look, we can talk about all the talent in the world in AEW. And, and he's good. At, he, he has a decent promo. He's certainly better than, um, well, what do we want to call him? I guess he's going by Max Dupree yeah, right now. L.A. Knight. Uh, L.A. Knight mm-hmm. or Eli Drake. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Look, MJF is a better promo than L.A. Knight, Eli Drake, whatever you want to call him. He's a good promo. He is. But he's not as good in the ring, at least from what I've seen. And he, he only has one of the three qualities that McMahon's always looking for, well, any promoter, really. And that's like the look, the stick, and uh, the physical attributes and, uh, you know, mental physicality in the ring as well. He only really has the mic. Yeah. Like, he's that's decent at wrestling, but he's not, like... Well, and I will say this. He's decent at wrestling with other indie darlings. Mm-hmm. That's not... The WWE style. Nope, and, and not at all. As much as I hate WWE storylines mm-hmm. and the bull crap that they put out and mm-hmm. do, the greatest majority of the main roster talent for WWE are good. Right. Yeah. They're not, not all of them are great by any means, 
And there, there's some that you, you kind of question, ah, I think they came up too early, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. But WWE does a pretty stellar job of getting the indie guy in and then teaching them how to wrestle on TV. I think it's a big... It's not even getting the indie guy in. I'm right. sorry, Jody. No, no, no go no. ahead. It, it's not even getting the indie guy in. It's getting somebody Getting in. the athlete in. Getting an athlete in. Because they don't want the indie Except guys Rob. anymore. They don't really. They don't, they don't want yeah, the, they, they, the... Well, they've made that comment. They don't want the indie wrestlers anymore. They want the the Ronda Rouseys. They want the Gable Stevesons. They want the the football player, the baseball player, the, the right. athlete who, who has the conditioning and everything to be able to go, but doesn't have this uh, misconception right, of what their job of is, what wrestling is. Uh-huh. You know, they want that person that's, you know, watched it on TV and comes in and when they tell them, okay, you're going to lose here, they're just like, all right, cool. I'm just uh, happy to be here. We, we've made fun of, probably even on this show, but – Definitely for years, we've been making fun of WWE and their, we, we don't have wrestlers, we have sports entertainers. Mm-hmm. Jericho is doing it right now with the Jericho mm-hmm. Appreciation mm-hmm. Society. But the fact of the matter is, is it's true. They don't want wrestlers. Right. They want entertainers. Yeah. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. That's WWE's product. As much as we are bored, because I don't even think the storylines mm. are bad. We are bored because we've seen this all before. And so that, but that's what WWE does, and mm-hmm. they do it better than they do anybody else. And then they take somebody like you know when Sami Zayn first came over from NXT, you know El Generico, what do you whatever you want to call him, him, him and uh, uh, my brain just shut off there. Kevin Owens, yeah. like they had their they had their little feud because they had a really great series of matches in NXT. Mm-hmm. Sami Zayn comes over, they do literally nothing with him for. I don't know for the first couple of years and the like the I mean especially pre COVID during the COVID I mean they've given him so much push like he's upper bid card out of nowhere you know and he was like an indie darling you know yeah so and, and but the thing is you know he went through NXT he was an NXT champion he um, became acclimated in the WWE style he, things he too like a WWE wrestler right MJF would come over he's going to go to NXT where he he'd probably have an okay run. In NXT 2.0, uh, they would they would ratchet up the the I'm better than you and you know it gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like they would have him coming out in like a tuxedo, oh yeah, with white gloves and twisting a, an evil mustache mm-hmm. or something like that. Then he would make it to main roster, and he would have an initial brush with the Intercontinental title mm-hmm. or the U.S. title. He, he might win it, probably wouldn't, and then he will be a jobber. Would he Would he make it to the main time. roster, though? Have they implemented that 60-90 day rule or whatever it is he, that they're going to be doing? He it to the main roster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he makes it to the main roster. He'd make it to the main roster. He'd, he'd, he'd challenge whoever had the IC title or the U.S. title. Um, I, you know, I think we see... Like that, and then he would be a a mid-card jobber. He he would be the guy that beats our truth but loses to Riddle. Do you know who r- reminds me of uh, like the the W if I there was a WWE equivalent to MJF, I would say and not talking about physical uh abilities but the Miz as far as a mouthpiece. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's he's he, almost on, like I see them pulling him in and using him as a mouthpiece much like they did with the Miz for a while. MJF would become dollar store Miz. Right. That's what he would be. Mhm. Yeah, and 
where he's 18 months away from the end of his contract. Mm-hmm. WWE is not going to put up with somebody no showing. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely not. Yeah. No. Cause, and if because we've mentioned it before, like WWE is all in on their fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bully Ray mentioned it one time. You know, uh, and and apologies, Bully Ray. I'm going to use you for a reference here. Um, you know, he said when him and Devon were going back to the WWE at one point. You know, they told Vince, you know, hey, yeah, we've been out for a little while, but, you know, Vince, we're still those old school heels. You know, we don't want to show up to, to fan signings. We don't want to do the mm-hmm. whole the whole Twitter, the whole Facebook mm-hmm. thing. You know, we want to keep our mystique. And Vince went, <laughs> no, nah, you're going to show up to the fan signings. You're going to smile. You're going to sign your names. You're going to inter- engage on Twitter. Uh, Which, that isn't how this game works anymore. Mm-hmm. And is MJ, MJF capable of that? I don't think he is. Because MJF is kayfabe. All the He's time. very protective of the business now, in that I'll way. To be yeah. honest, I am intrigued as hell to get a non kayfabe interview with MJF. Yeah, but he doesn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a p- part of his character. Is that too? Like part of his personality is that he does not break character. So that's one more thing you lose. Yeah, you, if, you know, you don't get to do that in in the WWE world. You know, you you will do what Vince tells you. You will do. Period. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I think if I think if MJF goes to WWE, it'd be the worst mistake he made in his career. It might be best for his bank account, but it would be the worst mistake. It's going to lessen his draw after that flops. Yeah, for sure. MJF has the ability in AEW to be somebody, and this this is, takes a lot of work. He's nowhere oh, yeah. near there, so don't don't laugh right off the bat, but he has the ability to be somebody who is like Stone Cold, who is, mm-hmm. you know, like The Rock, to be a top guy like that who is going to be a draw for the company. In this 18 months that he has left on his career, on his, his contract, he could be the AEW champion. Not if he keeps don't not if stunts. he not if he pulls stunts like this. Yeah, no. definitely not. Uh, if he pulls stunts like this, he'll be on dark and elevation, and putting you, over Lee Moriarty, right, and Captain Sean Dean, <laughs> <laughs> and the Varsity Blondes, right. You know. All right, uh, let, let's get off MJF. Sure, <laughs> we have been talking about him uh, for a few minutes. Yeah, now. but what else happened this week that we want to discuss? Um. Apparently, we got a little more info on the whole Sasha-Naomi thing. Yeah. Um, It appears that two stories kind of got crossed a bit because, you know, we said, and what we heard was they walked out because they didn't want to work with two people that that were going to be in the the six-pack challenge fight, right? Yeah. And we were sitting here trying to figure out, okay, of the other four, who did they not want to work with, right? Yeah. Because... Never really heard anything about Becky being unsafe or Oscar or Dewdrop or Nikki for that matter. In fact, all you hear is is claim uh, is is how good these ladies are, right? And and how you know. So apparently, there were two stories, and it was one of those like straw that broke the camel's back type things. Um, they didn't want to be in the six pack challenge because Naomi was supposed to win, and then there was going to be issues with. You know, the tag belts, and where was that going with Naomi being a challenger now for a main title and all this? Apparently, Sasha was being slated for a challenge as well to one of the other belts, and 
they didn't want to work with Rhonda or Bianca. Those are the ones they said they were uncomfortable working with. Which raises a whole other question to me. So I can get behind the whole Rhonda thing. Um, I can question the Rhonda thing, but I don't think she's been proven to be unsafe. In the I don't ring. think she's been proven to be unsafe, but she is very green. Yes. And let's say it was going to be Sasha that was going against her. Mm-hmm. Sasha's kind of injury prone. Yeah. So if you have somebody that's kind of injury prone going against somebody who's rather stiff, not unsafe, but stiff. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see where she's coming from. But I will, I'm going to push back a little on that. Rhonda rolls every day. With other MMA, other judo yeah. fighters, she knows how to take care of somebody in a staged fight. That, uh, that's not right. the right terminology, but it's best yeah, thing no, no, no. you know. Um, so, I mean, I guess I could see that one, uh, Bianca. The only thing I could see there would be Sasha got whipped by the hair and like it cut her, mm-hmm. and so did Becky. So the only thing I could see there is they didn't want to work with her because the, the hair might be used, which, you know, we were talking about in our group. And, you know, Jay, uh, another one of the guys from Travelers, you know, he said, okay, so that's a quick conversation. Hey, don't use the hair. Yeah. And I said, you know, and my response to that was, yeah, that should be that simple until Vince McMahon goes, no, that's a really good spot. You have to do it. Well, And then you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we've seen the hair used multiple times mm-hmm. over, what, five years? Yeah, I mean, it's that, been used she's a lot. Been, and so there's two incidents over five years. And, oh, Vince says we have to use the hair. Hey, like, Bianca, maybe you don't swing it so hard. Like, Don't like go not, for that clap. I'm, don't, I'm, not, you know. I'm not by any means comparing the hair to, like, say, the buckle bomb or something. No, no, right? I know. But, but I could see that being the, if you're already angry about not being taken seriously as tag champions. You're already Mm -hmm. angry about the booking direction that's going anyway. And here you're setting up for something that doesn't include the tag championships at all. You've already been hit with that that whip before. Mm -hmm. I can see all of that just stacking up and stacking up and stacking up and... You know, Naomi makes a comment. Sasha feeds that fire. Naomi feeds that fire. Sasha feeds that fire. Mm-hmm. Back and forth and back and forth until they both built each other up to the point where they're like, you know what? We've been in this game for entirely too long. We're ty- entirely too respected. And we're entirely too uh, good, Yeah, uh, for lack of a better term there, to be treated this way. We're going to go say our mind. And then when they went and said their mind and were told... No. Yep. That just, all right, done. And and don't forget, Sasha's not walking out into nothing. Yeah. Sasha. Oh, she's got a career. Sasha has been an actor on one of the best television shows. Mandalorian. Yeah. 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 That has come out recently. One of the most highly rated shows. Mm-hmm. She's done it. She has connections all over inside the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You have but, that. Naomi uh, has been around for a long time. Like, even if Naomi doesn't necessarily have uh, connections in, like, Hollywood or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. She's been a wrestler. Trinity Fatu has been a wrestler for, for a long time. She could show up in Impact. She could show up in AEW. She could show up right. anywhere. Oh, yeah. And, and I think. add to that, that uh, division. 
I think, and I, I could be wrong on this, but I want to say that she was a choreographer or a dancer before she, she became a, dancer, a wrestler. Yeah, yeah so cause, she could easily right. move into dance choreography, mm-hmm. open a dance studio, open a training school for wrestling. Yeah, because there, if she goes and says, hey, John, I, they fired yeah. me. I need to make money. We need to open up a school. Yeah. And yeah. so now you have one of the Usos yep. opening up a school. Now you have the Uso opening up a school. Mm-hmm. You now have the entirety of his family available mm-hmm. as trainers. Yep. Oh, yeah. And if you look at that family. Mm-hmm. It's a lineage there. Yeah. So they're immediately going to, because it won't be the Trinity Fatu School of Wrestling. Oh, no. No, it is going to be the Anoa'i Family yeah. Wrestling of School. Of course. Absolutely. And, you know, you've got Sika. You've got, you've got well, all you, these guys. You've got all the guys from the 80s. You've got The Rock. You mm-hmm. could make guest appearances. Not all the, the Samoans. The Rock ain't got to come in and be a, a trainer. By no, means, he'll make an appearance, You could so. have The Rock come in and, you know, hey, I was in the area. I came in to, to work out some, and, you know, I'll give a I'll give a quick promo class for promo class or I'll, right. you know, I'll roll in the ring with you guys for a few minutes. Yeah. Has, hasn't got, uh, just real quick to go back to uh, when the event happened, when they walked out, it's still a point of contention of when it happened. Right. Like, yeah. cause a lot of people were, a lot of people were saying like at first when it happened, there were people that said it happened the day before or the day of, and not right before showtime. Yeah, there's, and there's the other, the WWE is well, like, it happened immediately right when the show was there's uh, been like, three different things. Somebody said it was like the day before. Mm-hmm. There, I've heard that it was around eight hours before. Like, mm-hmm. got That's there the that one I've morning. heard more than anything yeah, else. I, I don't think it was... Uh, I When but it first the, came out, it was said, oh, it was during showtime. No, I don't think it was well, during I think showtime. that's WWE trying yeah. to point yeah. That's well. what I was going to say. Because the, the one thing that I, I... So let's say they told them eight hours before. They mm. got there at like nine in the morning mm-hmm. and all this blew up and they left. Yeah. Raw still opened with Graves and, uh, was it Jimmy Smith's? Not Jimmy Smith's. Uh, his name's Jimmy something. The, the isn't, Jimmy, isn't Jimmy Smith's? Yeah, that's uh, Bail Organa. Uh, the, other, the other commentator on Raw. There's it's Bi- Jimmy there's something. Byron, Is it Smith? Tim, and I think it's Smith. So you have them... You have, uh, you know, they got on there and they opened up with tonight's main event's going to be a six way, you know, six pack challenge between Naomi and Sasha and Nikki and Dewdrop and Asuka and Becky. And, you know, it's going to be a great match and the, the winner gets to face Bianca for, you know, the title and yada, 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 yada. Here we go. It's, it is Jimmy Smith, by the way. Okay. Um, but yeah, the the only the, the biggest problem I have there is if you knew that soon, you could have changed that intro. So leaving the intro that way just feels petty. It's it's uh, that's that's Vince straight up making an example uh, yeah. for the rest of the roster that you want. If you do this, you're gonna get payback for it because as we know, uh, he has changed parts of uh, live Raw. Within thirty minutes before the show started, like major points in the in the in the show segments, this was WWE going insulting the earth mm-hmm. on Bianca, or I'm sorry, on, on, on Trinity and Sasha. Oh yeah, Trinity Mercedes. 
Trinity and Mercedes. Yes. Well, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. If we're going to use, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, give me a break, okay? <laughs> I just had, an I had 119 proof whiskey. Okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, making uh, an example, man. So, yeah, yeah that, he was making an example. And the thing is, that's like a that's a WWE thing. Oh yeah. Um, on a podcast here a couple days ago, um, I forget whose podcast it was, but JBL was on it and the Road Dog was on it, and they were talking about, uh, you know, the dreaded. Hard to work with mm-hmm. moniker, and they both called out Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as being hard to work with. Mm-hmm. And the re- and you know they dug a little bit to find out. Well, what do you mean that they were hard to work with? Man, they questioned everything. You know, I was the this was uh, JBL was talking about. He was an agent. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was putting the match together, and he, he said Sami Zayn was a nightmare to work with because he would say something, and Sami would just be like, "So why am I doing it that way?" Why is this going on? Why are we going this route? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Can we do it this way? Can we do it that way? And JBL said, you know, after the match was over, he went to the back and said, I'm not coming back and doing that again. Um, you know, so so here's that that hard to work with. Mm-hmm. But, but that's that now kind been of thing. attached to Naomi and Sasha. But but that kind of thing, the, the question that, that you were just said, why am I doing that? You listen to those guys, a JBL, mm-hmm. a, you mm-hmm. know, anybody that was coming up through the 2000, you know, through the 2000s, they would say, they would go sit with Pat Patterson, yeah, mm-hmm. and pitch. And Pat would be like, "Well, why are you doing that? Yep. What What about this?" Mm-hmm. So it, it sounds to me, what third hand now, yeah. you know, through the podcast and, mm-hmm. and you, it sounds to me like Sammy and Kevin have that that thought process, which is what WWE and, and professional modern. wrestling needs. Is but that's not modern WWE. No, it's not right. Modern WWE is. Here's your script. Go do it. Go. Yeah. But what? Here's your script. Go do it. Yeah. But my character, what? Here's your script. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Yeah. You know? And that's why AEW has done so well is because maybe too much they've gone to the other extreme there is a letting. spot between <laughs> those two but yeah you know that's why you get guys like moxley and and uh danielson who are just doing some of the best work of their career i'll even throw cm punk in there mm-hmm. that are doing some of the best work in their career it's because they know what they're doing they know how to connect to the crowd and they know okay this is where you need me to get to why am I doing that? Okay, how does that make sense with what I'm doing? And then they work towards it. Yeah, like there's a there's a middle ground, right? Mm-hmm. There, there is something between the WWE at one minute you will say this. At one minute and five seconds you will scratch your nose. At mm-hmm. one minute and ten seconds you will walk from the left to the right of the ring. At one minute and 15 seconds you – there's a difference in that. Somewhere in the middle between there, there's a, and then you have AEW on the other side that's, you know, eh, just go out there and say what you want. And, you know, go ahead, sorry. You can, there is a balance point where you can look at some of these guys, Moxley, Danielson, mm-hmm. Reigns, any of them, and go, okay, the idea is we want you to get over this. We want you to, to, to build off of this point to get to the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. right? And these guys have been around long enough. They should be able to talk to each other and you know before the match and go, okay, so I'm going to say this, 
And then, you know, you can respond, okay, yeah, that sounds good, I think that'll work, you know, and then go out there and get the point across. Here's yeah. your here's your outline. We need you to hit A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. How you hit A, B, and C? That's up to you. It's up to you. Just We, we just need you to hit those points because that's what we're putting on the poster, you know? Yeah. I've uh, I've seen uh, with other promotions, uh, especially now that we have all this information on WCW and what was happening backstage or whatever, AEW seems to me, and of course, uh, in a more successful way, is is very much mirrored to what I remember during the Dixie Carter reign of TNA, yeah. of Impact, where not everybody, but a lot of people had a lot of creative freedoms to do whatever they wanted. And it right before she took over, that was working. And then she took over, and it worked for a little bit. And then it wasn't working anymore. So they got in Bischoff and Hogan and decided to wash the whole thing and start over fresh because you can't have a communal thing work like that if everybody isn't like a top person. You know, Punk's working because he's Punk. Danielson and Moxley, they were on the indies from the early 2000s before they even joined WWE. So they both have like ring psychology and uh, the mental capacity plus Regal's there. But you, you got to remember that Punk was there too. Oh yeah, Punk. You know the highlight of Punk's career is not the pipe bomb. Oh no, and it's not you know anything that he did in WWE. No, it's the Ring of Honor stuff, it's man. His Ring of Honor stuff. It's, yeah, it's Punk Joe's one, two, and how many ever there were. Yeah, it, it's it, they learned to work the crowd. They did, and then. I think their time in WWE helped them. It did. Oh, sure. I, I want to give WWE its due. It did help them in a lot of ways. But you've got to allow your talent. To have some breathing room. And you look at the guys who have worked mm-hmm. over the years. The top guys. The, even even now. You go look at now. Mm-hmm. The guys who are doing the best work are people who's ver- who are a version of themselves turned way up Mm -hmm. stone cold and i'm going to even include the miz oh yeah Yeah. for sure he's he's crushing it whether you know i get bored with the miz very quickly see the thing is i get bored because he is himself i get bored with the miz and i don't like the miz but i don't like the miz for the right reason yeah because he's a heel most of the time heel you're supposed to not like him. He 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 puts me in the minds. He puts me in that that wrestling fan mindset of, oh, I don't like the Miz. I hope he gets his comeuppance. Yeah, right? he worked he worked hard to get to that position. Yeah, exactly. He is, he is arguably a goat. Yeah, he's definitely up yeah. there. He's you worked know, I, very hard over the past ten years to is, get to where he is. Is he the most talented guy in the uh, ring? No, not Absolutely at all. Not, but Stone Cold's not the most talented guy. No, in the ring. definitely he not. Is, you know, a personality, cold, if nothing the, else, the best wrestler in the last thirty years. I think, As at least when I say not best wrestler, but right, yeah. you know, here's a possible controversial take. I think if AEW did it right, they could turn Hangman into the next Stone Cold. Well, I think you mentioned that last week, and and I agree with you. Hangman, Hangman's I got have, to got to work on his presentation a little mm-hmm. bit. We, we mentioned it last week, I know, but. It bears repeating. Hangman's title run has been, eh? right. There's been a couple of like high spots with the the couple of ma- the match he had with Adam Cole. Well, I mean, who's he defended but his title against right now? When we go back Adam and look Cole. at it, it's Adam Cole. Yep. And that was good. It was rushed. 
The majority, but of, it was good. the majority of his run, though, has just been kind of lackluster. I Everything don't, from, I'm sorry, Jimmy, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, and I think that reflects his personality. His personality, I don't believe your character if you don't believe your character. And I can tell during the promo, like the last week's promo between him and yeah. Punk, he does not believe what he is saying. Mm-hmm. He looks, he's faking it to making it. He, he looks like he means what he's saying, but I can tell people are perceptive that you do not believe in what you are saying right now. Yep. You do not believe and in yourself as a personality. I can't believe in you as a character. And the easy thing is, you know, we, we've said this before, and I think we even said it last week, too. Stone Cold only held the belt for like eight, nine months. Mm-hmm. It was not a long run. You know, over his entire career, over well, everything he had... He had a very, very short title run. And that's most faces, really. Because Stone Cold did his best work. When he was the underdog. When he was the the fighting the corporate, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the chase. The chase chase of it, yeah. He was chasing corporate rock. He was chasing. And that was the most interesting parts of those story angles was when he was chasing it. You always believed and you knew that. Stone Cold was the baddest man in that ring. Mm-hmm. Even when he was standing across from Mike Tyson. Right. Do you knew, oh, this is, it, it like, that's the last dying breaths of kayfabe. Right. But he's standing across the ring from Mike Tyson. And, you, like, let's face it, I wasn't watching at that time. Right. We didn't have that. We weren't watching. But even going back and me knowing what happened, I'm watching that, mm-hmm. the suspension, and then Mike tearing mm-hmm. the shirt off and, and yeah. them not doing the thing. Right. What? Yeah. And, and, yeah. That but, was good stuff, yeah. And, you know, I'll say it this way, too. We we give WWE hell. We give AEW hell about reusing storylines and all that kind of stuff. The entirety of the Vince McMahon Stone Cold storyline was the exact same storyline over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But they changed just enough each mm-hmm. time. To make it interesting. To make it interesting. It was, it was always... Stone Cold chases the 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 heel that has the McMahon stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. He has to fight through all of these obstacles to get the match, and he loses. And then he has to fight back through, and he wins. Then he has the belt for it wasn't a couple months, and then he drops the belt because of, of shenanigans. It wasn't if Vince was going to screw him. Mm-hmm. It was how is Vince going to screw him. Yeah. And then... How was he going to get his revenge and get the belt back? And then they turned him heel, and yeah, that, was that, well, that was really. And he's awful. admitted that that was yeah. a mistake on his part. Yeah, but he likes working heel. I'm sure he does. And think, like they all say that. But they he was. But heel. the thing about the characters, well, they like you know, quote unquote, gray care, gray wrestlers like Randy Orton, for example, uh, also Stone Cold, is that he was a heel character that got over with the fans. That's yeah. just the, that's just how it is. And so for you to turn from that into a heel, what what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Well, yep. KO's like that right now. Right. Kevin Owens is still a heel character. Right. But he is getting over as much as he ever has in his career. Mm-hmm. Especially with this whole Elias Ezekiel thing and the fact that Kevin Owens is basically being gaslit on a nightly basis. They had to make... Ma- which is. is what made that... Like, <laughs> Sammy said... <laughs> That's clearly Elias. No words, nothing. Just two steps forward and just wrapped him up. And it was like, I'm like, wait, what? Oh, and like, 
It's so good. And like Kevin started crying. He's like, thank you. Thank you. You're the first person. Attitude, attitude here. Talking about feels, heels and faces. They had to turn the rock face. They didn't want to do it because he was the top heel, but he was getting over so much to the point where he was cutting his promos backstage and the fans were saying the exact same thing he was saying. He was saying, this is not sing along with the rock. He was not being a face then. He was trying to hold that heel mentality, but they had to turn him face because the, he, he was there. He was selling the t-shirts and that's one look, of the, also one of the reasons why. Look at Jericho right now. In AEW. Mm-hmm. Jer- Heel. Yeah. Comes out to Judas. Mm-hmm. Still. Mm-hmm. And the crowd sings along, and, and he stops singing along, and he just keeps, the, you know, the crowd keeps singing along. They want to do a good job of making Heel Jericho stick and stay mm-hmm. in that heel bracket mm-hmm. instead of the, the crowd favorite cool heel. Yeah. He needs to get rid of Judas. He didn't I, come out to it last Wednesday. He, he cut it off right when they come out. When they, they started out. singing, he's like, yeah. you don't get it. I, yeah. I agree they with you. I agree with you. I know. There. I agree. I agree with you there. But it also completely works with his storyline right now that they keep playing that song. It works with his character, the way they're presenting his character. Mm-hmm. Now, once they're ready for him to kind of break away from the the whole, uh, <laughs> once they're ready to break away from the whole bit with. Mm-hmm. Jericho Appreciation Society. Society. It's going to be the wizard, man. It's going to be the wizard soon. Get him a little more serious. The wizard. Because I'm a wizard. I need need a Jericho shirt in my life. Mm -hmm. This Jericho standing on a cliff holding up like a wizard staff. Well, I mean, his name came up on the prompt, and it said the wizard Chris Jericho Wednesday, so... I am it's coming. I'm going to AEW shop right now because I guarantee you there's a wizard shirt. I need that shirt. It's coming. It looks like... Every every bad eighties comedy, the if you had a stoner that had a van, they had the wizard on the side of it. Right. I need Jericho as that. You know that's what I need. I, I want to go back one one second and, and talk about the Sasha Banks Naomi situation for one right. thing. Vince Vince uh you know, for the past whatever X years is like this is not a wrestling promotion, this is sports entertainment. However, if it was like a movie or anything like that and you know, people were, you know, not happy with their situation as an actor. The studio is not going to blow up the situation because they don't want to get bad press to their to their production or whatnot. WWE is not a wrestling promotion until they want to be a wrestling promotion and treat their staff and their wrestlers, I mean, their sports entertainers, their superstars, like wrestlers when they do something like this. Oh, you mean like the whole, they're independent contractors. Uh-huh. So... You know, they should be able to turn down certain mm. things because mm. they're independent contractors. Right. Um, and, and maybe they could go do other stuff like movies or mm-hmm. uh, wrestle for smaller promotions or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, like a like an independent contractor could. Right. You know, not like an employee. Right. If you don't do what the company says, you get fired uh-huh. or, you know, you get suspended or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're talking about. I see what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, dear com. Please, for the love of God, find a way to sort by your wrestlers oh, as you as you look oh, through, oh, the, no. sh- look through uh, the list. The tea shop is terrible. Please, oh. for the love of God, just just please, please. So, what's I anybody th- else got some ideas for? Because I think we're pushing up on some time here. Uh, I do think we need to mention here uh, that we found out that uh, the man formerly called Big Show, mm-hmm. uh, Paul White, yeah. mm-hmm. did have hip surgery. 
to have his one remaining actual hip replaced. So now he has two metal hips uh, that he had hip surgery in December. So we wish him a speedy recovery and Um, making it back to the ring. Also, uh, Andrade and Charlotte got married. Well, congratulations on those nuptials. The modern day wrestling Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we're bringing the houses together. (laughs) Uh, Um. Trying to think if there was anything else in the world of wrestling this week, and uh, if well, there was, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Didn't uh, didn't Johnny Gargano show up on a Being the Elite recently? He showed up on Being the Elite. Um, well, I think they were at uh, they were at a, a signing. No, it was the Sammy Guevara yeah, vlog, yeah, is what it yeah, was. That's, that's right. Was, that's what it was. They were at a signing, and Sammy and Tay kind of hinted at, you know, would love to do a match between. Uh, them two and mm-hmm. Johnny and, you know, his other, and then Fuego jumped on screen. Right. You know, I'm down 100%. Yeah. Sammy, oh, no. Sammy and Tay versus Candice and mm-hmm. Johnny. Yes, I'm oh, there. Yeah. I'm there for and, it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Gonna, yeah, so. They could do some interesting things. Like, we can be we can rent a hotel room, too. Look at this. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, they oh, have a house. They have, they, a, they have a house. We've seen their house. They they don't mind putting we, their we house on television. We didn't mention it, but they have debuted another TNT title. Um, and it looks really good. It's like a dark brown leather mm-hmm. and gold with purple accents. Uh, it looks really, really nice. Yeah. Um, there, there's only been 47 different uh, TNT <laughs> right. titles since they uh, debuted. That, that sounds about the amount title of titles that are actually on the show, period, right now. Um, but, yeah, you know what? I'm actually okay with that. I'm okay with new titles every so mm. often, mm-hmm. keep things like, fresh, and yeah. to highlight your the wrestler who has it. I don't it, need Spinner yeah. Belt. Don't get me wrong. I don't <laughs> need Spinner Belt. I was just about to say, we can get a but, Spinner TNT title. Um no, you know, I would be that could be a gimmick that they do with the TNT title. Mm-hmm. When you win it, you get it your own. To, it has to be the same design, mm-hmm. right? But you get to pick your own belt color, your own accent colors. Yeah, that would that, be kind of neat. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Miro I, had his in white and green, and it looked cool as hell. And for a while, there WWE was allowing like they had different belts for the yeah. world championship. Yeah. We had the Smoke and Skull yeah, belt, the, skull, the Spinner belt, the Eco Warrior belt. I love Daniel Bryan's Brian Danielson's. This was made uh, from a, a naturally yeah. fallen oak tree. Man, he dug in hard on that heel character, and it was yes. some of the best stuff he did well, in WWE. That, that is him, right? That is him. Yeah, he is it was that him turned up to eleven? Right, yeah, it, it, he is that hippie guy yeah. who wants to save the planet and, and Vince McMahon couldn't help but a, a, a guy who's concerned with the environment that's the <laughs> biggest heel I can think of <laughs> but in the, well I mean that's why CM Punk works so well when he goes heel and he uses his straight edge gimmick mm-hmm. because he is straight edge and he whether can. he actually believes it or not it's easy to go from well I'm straight edge I don't drink I don't do drugs that makes me better than you mm-hmm and you know, no, um, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, you're, so, you're not wrong. It yeah, makes a, it makes a good heel because nobody wants to be told what to do. Yeah, exactly. You know, and here, here you have a guy who, oh, you drink. Uh, I didn't realize one of the one of my favorite you. wrestlers from the second generation of ECW before it folded was Steve Carino, because Steve Carino was anti hardcore in a yeah. hardcore yes in a hardcore. 
uh, company. That is a brilliant gimmick. He was king of the old school, but the funny thing is, he still did heel stuff. He would still hit people with chairs when the ref wasn't looking, but he was totally against hardcore matches in general, well, think about, which uh, was great. Think about right to censor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. As WWE is really leaning heavy into the whole... Almost rated R show. You know, the whole thing. Here we've got a, a group that is dead set on hiding the TNA. They got a lot the of heat. And, and thank it you, was good the, father. That yeah. was that was a lot of good heat that they got as a group. And, and I'm sorry, that, but you cannot come out as the godfather one week and the good father that the didn't next happen until no, much perfect. later, but yes. The fact that they had the good father and Val Venus, even even though Val Venus is a whack job at this point in his life. Oh yeah. They you, you had a pimp and a porn star uh-huh. are suddenly in the group of no sex, no mm-hmm. drugs, no alcohol, no violence. And who knew from his ECW days to his early WWE days that Stevie Richards actually had a personality as a character right. because right. he had no personality as a character before that. Yeah. So so now that we've had our history lesson. <laughs> um, I don't think there's really anything else that's happened this week. Uh, Matt Riddle, his ex-girlfriend, has made some tweets that prove yeah. that he's mm. just a horrible person. Mm. Uh, we, we've said yeah, that we, for ages that. at mm-hmm. this point. It's beating a dead horse. Um, so, so how about this? How about we let we, we do our plugs first, and then we'll, we'll get our, our, our sponsor, not sponsors. Um, so, Jody. What's up? Since you're part of two of the things that we plug <laughs> on a, a weekly basis. All right. Uh, hit us with it. Okay. Uh, my name's Jody Kite. I'm part of uh, Travelers on the Omnibus. We're a podcast that take a field trip through nerd and pop culture. And you can check us out on pretty much almost every streaming platform, except for one that I cannot remember at the moment, but that's fine. You, you can find us. We're, we're top searched on Google, so Travelers on the Omnibus. Uh, you can find it no problem. Also, I host my own solo show called uh, Fearology, where uh, actually uh, the last episode, we uh, we got the Travelers on that show. So it was a round table on uh, Japanese and Korean horror movies, and that's on uh, Anchor and Spotify. I'm going to work on getting it on other platforms soon, but uh, yeah. Awesome. And uh, the other podcast that we always plug, uh, Silence Your Cell Phones, you know, Jarrett and Kevin uh, going over... Current movies, old movies, bingeable TV shows, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can catch them live on YouTube on Wednesdays or just catch them on your favorite podcasting app otherwise. And a big thank you to McNarb Gaming here in Gautier, Mississippi, for allowing us to use this space. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Uh, come check them out, and they have all sorts of games that you might want to play. D&D, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, uh, you want to play board games? I can't even list the amount of board games that they have. Also, they have a wall there. of board games that you can play for free. Play before in you the buy. store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and great. If you've always been curious about, you know, what is D and D? What is role playing games? Come check them out on Wednesdays. They do a D and D night where they have several games going, and I'm sure that somebody would let you sit down and oh yeah and play through there and that goes for any game really mm-hmm. there's always people over there look everybody who comes and hangs out at McNarb gaming is passionate about gaming mm-hmm. and they are always looking for somebody to play a game with them and they are more than willing to teach you and show you how to play that game so come check out McNarb gaming meet some new friends play some games have some fun and then on your way home you can swing by big dog liquor and, and get yourself a bottle of something you know, like I said at the beginning, unfortunately, this one didn't come from Big Dog Liquor this week. Uh, Traitor. Yeah, well, 
Uh, but just about everything else that we get does come from there. You can go over there. They do discounts, uh, military discounts, senior discounts, uh, all kinds of stuff. Get pretty much anything you want. Uh, you can order pretty much anything you want. Uh, and grab that, walk out, take it with your board game, go home, kick back, put a podcast on, and enjoy the night. So, And with all that being said, we've reached the end of our show. So, what is it you guys say? We're we're pulling into the, the we're stop. pulling into the bus stop. Yeah. So, uh, well, we won't steal that. We're going to use our own. Cheers. Cheers.